Chapter 5 All You Need Is Love Love is what we are born with. Fear is what we learn. The spiritual journey is the unlearning of fear and prejudices and the acceptance of love back into our hearts. Love is the essential reality and our purpose on earth. To be consciously aware of it, to experience love in ourselves and others is the meaning of life. Meaning does not lie in things. Meaning lies in us. Marianne Williamson. As so wonderfully said by Marianne Williamson, we are born as loving beings. We are also energetic beings, shining lights of love. This is our truth. But somewhere along our journeys, within our families and lives, most of us lose sight of our beauty and our splendor. And we need to be reminded we are entirely lovable, exactly the way that we are. After years of living in a world where judgment is commonplace, we come, become fearful of not meeting expectations, not being pretty enough, not being smart enough, not being rich enough, of not being enough. We are judged by others and by society's norms of behavior to be inadequate, and we lose sight of who we truly are. We come to believe what we are told, that we are inadequate, and begin living a life fearing personal failure rather than a life full of love and limitless personal possibilities. We choose to believe we are on a path of fear and insecurity rather than a path of love and universal protection. Since you were born as a loving being, the next important step on your journey to heaven is to return to your original nature as a loving being. You have been given free will, and it is your choice whether to change your attitude from one of fearing life to one of loving life. You can choose to remember how to love yourself so that you can openly love others without judgment. You need to overcome your fears and let your inner light shine. As quoted from Marianne Williamson's book, A Return to Love, Reflections on the Principles of A Course in Miracles. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light not our darkness that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do we were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, 
our presence automatically liberates others. I love the expressions used by Marianne Williamson and choose to see myself as a brilliant shining light, powerful beyond measure, with unlimited possibilities, limited only by my thinking. Another author and Swiss-born psychiatrist, Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, MD, also talks about the emotions of love and fear. In her groundbreaking book on death and dying, she proposed the now famous five stages of grief as a pattern of adjustment for those close to death. These five stages of grief are denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance, not necessarily in that sequence. These five stages have also been adopted as the grief process for those grieving the death of a loved one. In the following excerpt, she describes the subsets of love and fear. There are only two emotions, love and fear. All positive emotions come from love, all negative emotions from fear. From love flows happiness, contentment, peace, and joy. From fear comes anger, hate, anxiety, and guilt. It's true that there are only two primary emotions, love and fear, but it's more accurate to say that there is only love or fear, for we cannot feel these two emotions together at exactly the same time. They're opposites. If we're in fear, we are not in a place of love. When we're in a place of love, we cannot be in a place of fear. Thus, if you are living from love, you will experience feelings of happiness, contentment, peace, and joy. If you are living from fear, you will experience feelings of anger, hate, resentment, anxiety, and guilt. There, of course, are many more words we can use to describe the feelings we experience that would fall under either feelings of love, positive, or feelings of fear, negative. The following table provides just a few. See the text for more negative emotions and more positive emotions, as well as love-filled words and fear-filled words. Each of the above feelings or emotions are filled with positive or negative energy. Life is filled with energy that vibrates at either the high love-based frequencies or the lower fear-based frequencies, or somewhere in between. There is nothing in this life that does not vibrate with some form of energy, an atom, a flower, a tree, crystals, people, the planets, the universe. This energy is always fluctuating or moving. Nothing remains the same. If energy would stop moving, the world would stop, or life as we know it would end. Even with death, energy is not lost, but simply changes form from the physical to the spiritual realm. Becoming aware and accepting this fact can change how you perceive and live your life and the choices you make 
as well as your perceptions of the afterlife or spirit realm. Your energy and your vibration is always either moving away from something or towards something based on your thoughts. You are always either attracting something you want or pulling it towards you or you are repelling something you don't want or pushing it away. Always one or the other and always changing. These changes are not good or bad, just a necessary fact of life. The important thing is to learn how to be consciously aware of where your energy is at any given point in time and to learn how to regulate your vibration or energy level. It will help you to understand how it is impacting your life and relationships. For example, you can sense or feel whether you are moving away from or towards a person, place or thing. Ask yourself whether you are thinking, saying and doing things that will attract or repel what you want in your life. Or are you attracting things you don't want? This can include closeness in your relationships or distance. Are you sending good vibes of loving kindness or bad vibes of criticism or judgment? The choice is up to you. You can either live in fear or in love. The key to regulating your vibration is setting the intention to send out good vibes as often as possible and to become consciously aware of your thought, words, and actions and to assess whether these reflect your intention. There will always be fluctuations because of the dynamic nature of life and the challenges and surprises that life can throw at us. But if you sincerely try to be conscious as often as possible of what you were thinking, saying, or doing, and where this fits within your intended vibration, you will be more likely to have good energy most of the time. There will be days when you fluctuate more towards bad energy, but when you have the chance to sit and consciously reflect on the person, event, or situation that may have contributed to the bad energy, you can consciously bring yourself back to your most normal good vibes by returning to positive thoughts, words, and actions. It is important to understand that when we are living from fear rather than love, we will be out of balance and out of sync with who we truly are. Our physical body and its systems were designed by our Creator to work in harmony and with precision. For the body to operate at peak efficiency as designed, it needs to be at ease and without distress. When something foreign to our true self is introduced into the body, it can create an imbalance within the physical and energetic systems, and the body can be thrown into a state of dis-ease. When this happens, our bodily systems may no longer work at peak efficiency. Sustained over time, this imbalance can lead to illness and disease. Therefore, when we suffer from an illness or disease, there, this is most likely an indication that something foreign has disturbed or disrupted our systems. In addition to our physical bodies, 
human beings also have subtle energy systems that play an integral part in the functioning of the physical body. The study of the subtle energy systems in related vibrational medicine and energy healing alternative therapies is too large of a topic for this book. However, I will say that energy healing experts and practitioners explain that energy blockages will appear in the subtle energy levels first for a period before they manifest as disease or illness in the physical body. The illustrations below show the physical body, the chakra centers, and the various subtle body layers and meridian points that make up the human energetic system. A disturbance or blockage in a person's subtle body system can occur because of negative emotion from trauma, stressors, or fear-based thought processes that have not been properly released and that get lodged or trapped in the subtle energetic body. If the disturbance is resolved, corrected, or removed, either through therapy and release or through alternative energy healing therapies, before it reaches the physical layer, it will not have the opportunity to manifest into an illness in the physical body. See the charts in the text. Of course, our physical body can also get sick and develop many illnesses and symptoms by being exposed to unseen health threats in the environment, such as viruses, and from consuming food or drink that is toxic to our bodies, and from breathing impure air. We can also get out of balance when we have toxic people in our environment. All these factors can have a huge impact on our energy systems that can lead to illness, disease, and cancer, if not addressed. Only through caring for our body by giving it proper food and drink, plenty of exercise and fresh air, and through being mindful of the quality of our thoughts and appropriate dissipation of emotions, can we achieve optimum health and wellness. In addition, our emotions are a barometer of whether we are living in sync with our true selves, or if we are living from our ego-based selves, and if we remain in fear-based thinking and living. The emotions of our true selves are love, happiness, joy, peace, compassion, kindness, and other higher energy or positive emotions. Whereas the emotions of our ego-based fearful self are fear, anger, resentment, worry, guilt, shame, anxiety, depression, and other lower energy or negative emotions. Learning how to love yourself unconditionally and to let your little light shine is one of the most important steps for living in sync with your true love-based self and for achieving heaven on earth. As mentioned in the previous chapter, only once we have learned to love ourselves will we be able to truly love others. An excerpt from Deepak Chopra's book, The Path of Love, explains this very well. All of us need to believe that we are loved and lovable. We begin life with confidence on both points, bathed in a mother's love and swaddled in our own innocence. Love was never in question, but over time, our certainty clouded. 
When you look at yourself today, can you still make the two statements every infant could if it had the words? I am completely loved. I am completely lovable. Few people can. For looking at yourself honestly, you see flaws that make you less than completely lovable and less than perfectly loved. In many ways, this seems right to you, for perfect love is supposedly not of this world. Yet, in a deeper sense, what you call flaws are really just the scars of hurts and wounds accumulated over a lifetime. When you look in the mirror, you think you are looking at yourself realistically, but your mirror doesn't reveal the truth that endures despite all hurt. You were created to be completely loved and completely lovable for your whole life. Chopra goes on to explain, that beneath all the life hurts you have experienced, your true spirit that is pure love is waiting to be revealed and exposed to those around you. This requires a melding of mind, body, and spirit through a true connection with your higher dimension, or what I have been referring to as your true self, higher self, or God source. As we learn how to expose our pure love, we reveal our true nature as spirit, that of giving, compassion, kindness, forgiveness, and the truth and knowledge that we are pure love and one with our God source. Many experience a family love, the love of a partner and friends, acquaintances and pets, but unfortunately it's not usually a love that will help our soul to grow and become more, to improve, to expand our capacity to love a love that will help reveal our soul's purpose. Generally, people search for their soulmate or someone they believe will make them whole. However, the true path to love lies within ourselves, not within a soulmate, not within a soul sister or brother, mother, father, daughter, or son. As Deepak says, when you truly find love, you find yourself. Finding the pathway to loving yourself is not something you have a choice about. It is something you must do. It may not happen right away, at this time or place in your life, or even in this lifetime. It may be delayed, but it cannot be avoided, for this is your purpose, to be love and to love unconditionally as the divine spark of God that you are. Louise Hay has also spoken often about the need to love and heal yourself and to become your true authentic self. As she reveals, many people suffer from low self-esteem and find it difficult to love themselves when they see all their imperfections. She said, We usually make loving ourselves conditional. And then, when we are involved in relationships, we make loving the other person conditional also. If you wish to climb the stairway to heaven, you will need to begin loving yourself unconditionally. Loving yourself can sound selfish and self-centered, but there is nothing that is further from the truth. By loving yourself, you will become more of who you truly are, your true self. To help you on this step, following is a list of smaller steps you can take each day to help move you towards loving yourself daily steps to loving yourself. 1. Be grateful. 
Begin each day in gratitude for all that you have and all that you are. You need to acknowledge your strengths and what is going right in your world. You are likely to have problems in your life, but if you take the time to really look closely, you will find that you have many blessings in your life that others do not. Be thankful for what you have, that you have another day to work at being the best that you can. 2. Be kind to yourself. Wherever you are in your life right now, be kind and compassionate to yourself. We all make mistakes and are not perfect because we are human. Show self-compassion when you make poor decisions or when you fail at something. Instead of criticizing yourself when you make a mistake, be kind and offer compassion to yourself. You have done the best that you can given the circumstances that you were in. You are a spiritual being living a human life that can be extremely complicated and difficult to maneuver. 3. Be open. Read what you can on the topic of loving yourself and be open to new ideas that may be foreign to you. Sometimes you need to step out of your comfort zone in order to realize a new opportunity and to grow. 4. Be honest. You need to begin being honest with yourself and with others. You deserve to be truthful about what you truly feel in any given situation or circumstance to both yourself and to others. Acknowledging that you have feelings and that your feelings are important is a key step to loving yourself. Your feelings are valid indicators of your truth and you need to openly share them with others without fear. 5. Be good to your body. Make sure that you take time every day to do things that are loving for your body. Feed it good and nutritious food and drink and get just the right amount of exercise and rest. Keep your body clean and well cared for. It doesn't need to be anything elaborate, but a daily self-care routine that honors your physical body as a temple is important. 6. Be connected. Take time at least once a day to either meditate or pray or in some way connect with Source. When you connect with Source, you are connecting with pure love. Reconnecting daily will help you remember and acknowledge where you came from and who you really are. It is an essential daily routine that will confirm for you that you are a loved and loving being. 7. Be positive. Use positive self-talk and praise yourself for the things you do right. Using daily positive affirmations is a really good way to change negative self-talk and to help you become more positive. Many people do not feel deserving or good enough to receive good things. Praising yourself for positive things you have accomplished is also a good way to be kind and loving to yourself and to tell yourself that you are enough. 8. Be accepting. Accept who and where you are, whatever the circumstances. Accept them for what they are without berating yourself, knowing that you have the free will to choose to live your life differently or not. This is your life and your journey. 
You can change your direction on the path at any time. But today, accept and love yourself for exactly where you are at this time. Even if you have made a lot of mistakes you were sorry for, believe that you are doing the best that you can given your current circumstances. 9. Forgive yourself. You are a human being who is perfectly imperfect as God intended you to be, and you have likely made some mistakes. Forgive yourself for your transgressions and set the intention to do better the next time. Forgiving yourself will make it easier for you to forgive those who have hurt you as well. 10. Find healing. If you are hurting or in emotional pain, find ways to deal with these hurts. When you have unresolved negative feelings or emotions from past hurts, these will affect your energy level. So it's important to find a way to heal these bad feelings and to release them. Find a therapist, friend, or support group that can help you work through the pain. Sometimes receiving energy healing can help you work through unresolved feelings or emotions. 11. Make amends. Part of loving yourself is realizing that you deserve to be free of tension and unease. If you are carrying around guilt or shame because of hurts you have inflicted on others, it is important to acknowledge these instances and, if appropriate, to make amends to these people. This can be done either face-to-face, -face, in writing, or by talking to God. Sometimes the people we have hurt have already left this earth, and other times talking with them will just lead to more pain because of who they are. In these instances, you can choose to write a letter to them apologizing for the hurt and asking for forgiveness, or you can pray directly to God asking for forgiveness. 12. Be safe. Remove yourself from harmful environments or circumstances. If you are in a situation where you are not safe, you need to take care of yourself by making the changes needed to be safe or by getting out of that environment. If you are unable to do this on your own, reach out for help to a friend or family member or to a social agency. It may be necessary to call the police in some circumstances. You are worthy of being in a safe place without being threatened or in harm's way. If it is an environmental toxicity you are dealing with, take the necessary steps to clean it up for your own safety and the safety of others. 13. Be loving. Practice being the type of loving person that you would like to have in your life. For example, be a loving and kind neighbor, do loving and kind deeds for the sick and the poor, be compassionate and kind to people you meet on the street as if you were meeting an old friend. In this way, you will be practicing the kind of love that you would like to have in your life and announcing to the universe that you too are ready and deserving to receive this kind of love. 14. Be joyful. Take some time to have some fun and to enjoy your life. You are a loving and joyful spirit that needs to express your truth. It 
doesn't all have to be work and no play. Find a way to incorporate into your life the things you used to enjoy doing when you were a child. Take dance classes, join a glee club, go skating. Do whatever makes your inner self laugh, rejoice, and sing. 15. Be focused. Figure out what you want to achieve with your life and plan out how you're going to achieve that. Learning to love yourself is one step. Get out of your journal and make a list of all the things you believe you need to do to achieve your goal. Lay out the steps as to what needs to happen first before you move on to the next step and then get focused on doing the work. Nothing changes unless something changes. 16. Be grateful. As you began your day, so should you end your day by thinking of the good things that have happened for you throughout your day. Frequently, people focus on the bad things that have happened to them rather than remembering what wonderful things have happened. Give thanks to God for all the blessings he has sent your way on each day. Learning to love yourself is probably one of the hardest lessons to learn while you are on earth. Once you have learned this lesson, however, you will become a beacon of light and an example to others of how a loving, kind, and compassionate being behaves. Once you have learned to love yourself, it is then that you will need to take the lesson a bit further and consider loving your enemies. Love your enemies. Darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. Martin Luther King, Strength to Love, 1963. The above words were spoken by Martin Luther King in his famous speech originally delivered at Dexter Avenue Baptist Church, Montgomery, Alabama, on the 17th of November, 1957. The speech titled, Loving Your Enemies, was revised by King in July 1962, during two weeks of imprisonment for inclusion in the sermon book, Strength to Love, published in 1963. In his speech, he explains the importance of love in this world, as first taught to us by Jesus. Loving your enemies who seek to harm you is not easy to do. In fact, it is one of the hardest things a person can do, but it is essential if we are to save this planet from war and destruction, and if we are to create heaven on earth. It is true that there is a lot of hatred and darkness in this world, but as Dr. King says above, Darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. The only thing that can bring us out of the darkness is light. We need to forgive those who have hurt us and shine our love and compassion on them. Yes, it is difficult to do, but once you see the spark of God within yourself, you will find it much easier to look beyond the darkness and hatred of others. You will be able to see Jesus in yourself and in every man, woman, and child. As mentioned in Dr. King's original speech on Loving Your Enemies, The person who hates you the most has some good in him. Even the nation that hates you most has some good in it. Even the race that hates you most has some good in it. 
And when you come to the point that you look in the face of every man and see deep down within him what religion calls the image of God, you begin to love him in spite of. No matter what he does, you see God's image there. There is an element of goodness that he can never slough off. Discover the element of good in your enemy, and as you seek to hate him, find the center of goodness and place your attention there, and you will take a new attitude. By doing as Dr. King suggests, we will begin to look beyond the person's form and be able to see them through Jesus' eyes as suffering, challenged brothers and sisters of spirit who are all unfolding in God to their own truth in God's own time and plan. By loving our enemies, we become a beacon of light out of the darkness, leading them on the path to their spirituality and strengthening our connection to spirit. Men must see that force begets force, hate begets hate, toughness begets toughness, and it is all a descending spiral, ultimately ending in destruction for all and everybody. Somebody must have sense enough and morality enough to cut off the chain of hate and the chain of evil in the universe. And you do that by love. Loving Your Enemies, 1957 what was true over 60 years ago and during World War One and Two, remains true today when we think of the hatred and destruction still present in today's world. King talks about the destruction hate can inflict on the world in his updated sermon, Loving Your Enemies, from his book of sermons called Strength to Love, published in 1963. So when Jesus says, love your enemies, he is setting forth a profound and ultimately inescapable admonition. Have we not come to such an impasse in the modern world that we must love our enemies or else? The chain reaction of evil hate begetting hate, wars producing more worlds, must be broken or we shall be plunged into the dark abyss of annihilation. Another reason why we must love our enemies is that hate scars the soul and distorts the personality. Mindful that hate is an evil and dangerous force, we too often think of what it does to the person hated. This is understandable, for hate brings irreparable damage to its victims. We have seen its ugly consequences in the ignominious deaths brought to six million Jews by hate-obsessed madmen named Hitler, in the unspeakable violence inflicted upon Negroes by bloodthirsty mobs in the dark horrors of war, and in the terrible indignities and injustices perpetrated against millions of God's children by unconscionable oppressors. But there is another side which we must never overlook. Hate is just an, as injurious to the person who hates like an unchecked cancer, hate corrodes the personality and eats away its vital unity. Hate destroys a man's sense of values and his objectivity. It causes him to describe the beautiful as ugly and the ugly as beautiful, and to confuse the true with the false and the false with the true. We have a choice. As expressed in Lesson 335, 
A Course in Miracles workbook for students. Forgiveness is a choice. I never see my brother as he is, for that is far beyond perception. What I see in him is merely what I wish to see because it stands for what I want to be the truth. It is to this alone that I respond, however much I seem to be impelled by outside happenings. I choose to see what I would look upon, and this I see and only this. My brother's sinlessness shows me that I would look upon my own, and I will see it, have been chosen to behold my brother in its holy light. What could restore your memory to me except to see my brother's sinlessness? His holiness reminds me that he was created one with me and like myself. In him I find myself, and in your son I find the memory of you as well. We can make a conscious decision to seek Christ in others and to be a beacon of light rather than dwelling on or going over negative or hateful events. We can constantly remind ourselves that we are love and to practice being loving to all, even our enemies. We must believe we are loved and not separate from others. We can learn to convert hatred into love through compassion and forgive others for any injustices. For what you give, you will receive. As stated by St. John of the Cross, who was a Spanish mystic and Carmelite friar in the 1500s. Where there is no love, put love, and you will find love. There you will find God.